Alright, so today inshallah ta'ala we're going to be speaking about the people of Jannah in their internal dialogue, what they're saying to themselves and the people of Hellfire in their internal dialogue, what they're saying to themselves. So the people of Jannah speaking with themselves to begin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many of the verses where Ahlul Jannah, the people of Jannah are describing their internal dialogue, you'll see the statement of Alhamdulillah coming up again and again and again. And as someone said that, subhanAllah, that the people of Jannah, this is their characteristic when they go to Jannah, they're always saying Alhamdulillah, every time something comes up, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي هَدَانَ لِهَذَا So they're thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ni'mah that they have of Islam. And so whenever you feel sad, just remember that Allah blessed you with Islam. And if that's the only blessing that you have, then it's enough as a blessing. But now, we go to the people of Hellfire, what are the angels saying to them every time they enter into Hellfire? أَلَمْ يَأْتِكُمْ nadir? Didn't a messenger come to you? Now, there's always this debate of what about people whom, uh, you know, no messenger was ever sent. In fact, this is, subhanAllah, this is the statement the angels say to the people of Hellfire. Didn't a messenger come to you? That's never the statement of the people of Harfar. Qalu bala. They say, yes, indeed the messengers came. And so to everybody, Allah, subha- Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the messengers, sent the books, sent the reminders, the internal GPS, the qalb to guide the person to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet they insisted on disobeying Allah azza wa jalla. And now we look at the people of Hellfire and how um, they lose hope. First, in the beginning, they were like, you know, turn us around, let us go back to the dunya. And they were calling to Allah. And then they lost hope in that. And then they started calling upon um, the, the believers. So we saw even examples of they're telling the believers, don't go, you know, we won't have any light, and so on and so forth. Then they're calling upon the gatekeepers of hellfire. You know, show us some love or show us some mercy, and so on and so forth. And we, they got to the point where they lowered their standards so much that they said, if only the punishment can be lightened for a portion of the day. And even in that situation, they're abandoned. And the angels say to them after, you know, they don't get immediate responses after, you know, Allah knows best of how long it'll be, thousands and thousands of years before they get a reply. It will be said to them, didn't a messenger come to you? And they'll say, bala, yes, a messenger did. Then you make dua as much as you want because it'll avail you nothing. It's worth nothing. So now here, because we're talking about the internal dialogue, the internal dialogue is kind of like the beginning of their stages. They're actually um, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a second chance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about when the books come down. When the book will either come in the right or it will come in the left. And we said about the person, the believer who gets the book in their right, they're so happy they want everybody to see what's in their books. Now we're looking at the mujrim, the criminal, who gets the book in their left hand. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and protect me. And we said that we take these verses, we put ourselves in the first person and see that if this verse, it applies to us, we back away from this and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection. In this verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says al kitab that the books are placed before them that the mujrims, the criminal, they're very scared of what's in this book 
وَيَقُولُونَ And they say يَا وَيْلَتَنَا Woe to us Woe to us is like saying May we be damned وَيْلَتَنَا مَا لِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ لَا يُغَادِرُ صَغِيرَةً وَلَا كَبِيرَةً إِلَّا أَحْصَاهَا What's wrong with this book? It hasn't left anything whether big or small Except that it has, it has calculated it And the mujrim cannot say that Oh I didn't do this in fact, everything is recorded in that book. Now these, these people, they disbelieved in hellfire their whole life. Any sign, everything, they kept saying, no, it's not true, no, it's not true, no, it's not true. SubhanAllah, they're like scientists, right? They need to touch it in order to believe in it. So when they get to hellfire, it said to them, now isn't this the truth? They say, bala wa rabbina, yes, by our Lord, this is the truth. Okay, it's slightly a little too late, right? So then taste the punishment because of what you disbelieve. Oh, I wish I could go back and that we would never say about any of the verses that it's a lie. And that we would be amongst the believers. Which is just wishful thinking. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the people of Jannah. Because the people of Jannah, in, in the verse that we mentioned before, it said, when they say Alhamdulillah in paradise, they say, indeed, the messengers of our Lord came with the truth. So the messengers came to everybody, and the believers are so happy that they believed in the messengers. In another verse, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they're saying Alhamdulillah, that Allah fulfilled His promise to us. Sadaqana, He was truthful to what He promised us. And when you see, subhanAllah, the, um, the conversation between paradise and hellfire, um, they, they're saying to the people of hellfire They said we found what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to be the truth Have you found what Allah told you to be the truth? And then they say in response Qalu na'am. But what a difference between you know, What these people believed in in the dunya And what these people disbelieved in In Jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us In, in Jannah there are certain things such as um, Death or uh, sickness in the dunya, there could be no paradise on earth. We spoke about this. So now in paradise, you could be in Jannah, but then someone will say, what if, you know, so-and-so, XYZ person is in paradise, they're going to mess up my paradise. I wish they weren't there. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this could be a concern that someone has, right? And believe me, this concern comes up. They're like, what if I'm in Jannah and my husband, you know, he's not with me. What if he's running around in Jannah? I don't know where he is. They apply their map of the dunya to Jannah. In fact, as the Prophet ﷺ, one of the companions asked him, companions, um, at the time the Prophet ﷺ, they loved camels. You know, you love BMWs and Mercedes and you know, red-hot Lamborghinis and so on and so forth. You don't care that much about camels, correct? And so this, this companion, he loved camels so much. And, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, in Jannah are there red she-camels. And so the Prophet ﷺ said, he said, if you're able to guide one person to Islam, it's better for you than the red she camel. It's better for you than the dunya and everything in it. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reassuring those people who are afraid of this thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Da'wahum fiha. They're constantly saying in Jannah, Subhanakallahumma, wa tahiyyatuhum, and their salutations amongst each other is salam, is peace. So there's no backbiting, there's no vain talk, there's no you know, foolish talking and so on and so forth. It's all salam, salam amongst the people. In one of the verses, 
this verse actually has always been, I've always thought about this verse. And here in this lecture tonight, inshallah ta'ala, I actually did a little bit more research on it. The people of Jannah, they say Alhamdulillah, but one of the verses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي أَذْهَبَ عَنَّا الْحَزَنِ Hazan is like distress or grief. And so now the question is, are the people of Jannah, are they characterized, this is the question I have, are they characterized as depressed people in the dunya? So is it like if a sign of belief is that you must be depressed in the dunya? Which is not true. And that's why I'm saying it's, it's an interesting um, verse to, uh, to discuss here. These two verses, وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ اللَّهِ الَّذِي أَذْهَبَ عَنَّا الْحَزَنِ The verse before it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the blessing of Jannah. يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا مِنْ أَسَاوِرَ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ وَلُؤْلُؤَ وَلِبَاسُهُمْ فِيهَا حَرِيرٍ where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will be clothed and garmented in gold and pearls and their clothing therein will be silk. It's interesting how this is the material side of Jannah. So a person in the dunya, if they're wearing silk, is it possible that they're wearing silk but yet they're sad on the inside? Is it possible in the dunya? And of course it is possible, right? We know many people, they could be living, just because someone lives in the biggest house, does that mean that they are the most happiest? And the answer is obviously not, right? They might be going through the biggest divorce. In fact, in the dunya, the materials are not reflective of whether a person is happy or not. In fact, you find people who've made like hundreds of millions of dollars in one day and ask them, for how long were you happy after that? They were like about, you know, 10 minutes. So it's not a reflection, but someone could look at Jannah, yeah, they have gardens, yeah, they have silk, yeah, they have gold, but they're sad and depressed. But yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that's from the material side of things. The verse after that is, there's no sadness. And so externally, they are in Jannah, and internally, they are in Jannah. So what's meant by Hazan here? So in, in the Tafasir, Ibn Abi Hatim, he said hunger. And that's interesting. What is hazan? It's hunger. And just in the dunya, even this thing about financial freedom, personal thing, oh, so I never have to work, I never have to think about providing for my family, providing for myself. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for this sadness. They're looking for the sadness to come to an end. But in fact, even in the dunya, when, we, when you get all this money, there's still, you have to defend that money or the taxes or other things or invest it and so on and so forth. But truly, that running after the, um, the chasing and the working, it comes to an end truly when a person enters into Jannah. And so as Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, his son, there was all this fitna that was going on at the time of Imam Ahmed and, and tests. And so his son says to him, when will we be able to relax? When does relaxation come? And I ask you this question, when does relaxation come? For most people, we are trained and we are taught that re relaxation comes when? When we retire. Rela and so everybody works towards the relaxation day. How many people are retired and they come in here like, Woo, I'm retired. It's usually a day of sadness, <laughs> correct? They're like, I'm retired, I don't, get to, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they start coming to the masjid and like, what are you doing here? Oh, alhamdulillah, I retired. SubhanAllah, and someone even said like, look, 
you spend all your youth, all your shabab, even there's like another group saying, why don't we live Jannah on earth when we're young? Paradise on earth. And even those people are searching that out. They try making money so they can run off to Hawaii and so on and so forth. They get sick. They get depressed. They're with some woman or some man that's making trouble for them. And there's no Jannah on earth for them. And so where does the Raha come? Imam Ahmad rahimahullah understood this. He said to his son, he said, true relaxation is with the first step that we enter into Jannah. There's no return ticket. You don't have to go back. There's no emails waiting for you. There's none of that. You enter into Jannah, that there's eternity and you will not die. And that's it. Your enjoyment in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enter us into Jannah. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and we, and we spoke about this last week, how one group will disassociate themselves from the other group. And we spoke about the conversation, very intellectual conversation that they have, and they're blaming and they're going back and forth. Whose fault is it and who's to blame? And it avails them nothing. It's just, it increases them in their regret and their anger. The people that misguided them are there. The leaders and the followers, they're both in hellfire. And so the followers, we said that their tendency is always to blame the leaders for their misguidance, but they're in hellfire too. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse, those who followed, these are the followers, this is their, their regret and their hasra. If we only had an opportunity to go back, so that we would disassociate ourselves, we'd have nothing to do with them, with the strongest language that we would cut ourselves off of them, out of, the fall, out of the leaders in the exact same way that they cut us off. So we were speaking about how shaitan, he says, right, don't blame me and blame yourselves. And they said, we wish we could go back to the dunya so that we could say that to shaitan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in this way Allah shows to them their actions as a regret for them. Hasarat. It's, like, it's not a hasra, it's not one. It's a consistent regret, regret upon regret upon them internally and it avails them nothing. They're not going to be leaving hellfire in any way. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the hellfire is placed in full view. What were the gods that you worship besides Allah? Hal yansurunakum? Can they help them? Can they, can they help you? Or can they even help themselves? The people in the dunya... Whenever you're following someone, right, whether you're going to follow a scientist and make him the pinnacle of your beliefs, let's say, for example, like Darwin, in the hereafter, you better hope that they have enough power to save you from hellfire. Because if you're following them and they're taking you away from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it'll be said to you, where are they now? And in fact, those people that you would have followed in the dunya, in the hereafter, you might go to them and say, you know, can't you help us? We followed you in the dunya. You wrote these great books and we really agreed with what you said. You know, can you hook us up with something here in Hellfire? What are they going to say? We read it in the verses. <laughs> They'll say, we have nothing to do with you. Right? You, you're a criminal. You're the one. We didn't force you to do anything. You're the one who's misguided. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they'll be thrown headlong into the fire. Iblis has an army and it is a battle. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they'll be thrown in hellfire and the evil people and the army of, hell, of Iblis will be thrown into hellfire. Qalu. They will say there while in their mutual bickerings. It's not only that the followers are bickering, but the leaders are bickering too. Everybody's bickering with one another. By Allah, we were truly in manifest error. 
when we made you as equals with the Lord of the worlds, Rabbul Alameen. Meaning that this is the position of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the laws belong to Allah, the commanding, the forbidding, it belongs to Allah azawajal. They took human beings and scientists and entertainers and all of this stuff, and they put them in the position of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they placed them in that same position and then they followed them. There's no conversation where you see a person of hellfire talking to a family member. That would be mercy for them. That they would actually get to communicate with a family member. There's nobody that cares about the person. They're forgotten and, and that's it. And we have no friend to feel for us. Nobody even feels sad that we're here. And if only we had a return that we would be amongst the believers. Now here, all the excuses of the people of hellfire is already known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to say, you're going to ask for another chance. This is your chance. You're alive, you're reading these verses, the messengers came to you, and they said that if you don't believe now, a time is going to come where you're going to say, give us another chance. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on the day or lest a soul should say, ya hasrata, there's no regret other than this regret. Farrattu <clears throat> is to be negligent. Is to be negligent of Allah. So the person is saying to themselves, Ya Hasrata, in the deepest of regret of my neglectfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed, I was one of those who used to uh, scoff or mock or was sarcastic. You know, and some people, oh, you're going to the masjid, oh, what are you going to be, a Malvi? You're going to be a Malvi? Ha ha ha. And they were unmindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you ask yourself, when was the last time you read Quran? Was it Ramadan? When was the last time you fasted for the sake of Allah? Was it last Ramadan? When was the last time Qiyamul Layl happened? When was the last time you truly concentrated in Salah? And now we're just talking about Muslims, the person still believing. What about the disbeliever? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, don't come back on the day of judgment and say these things. If only Allah had guided me. Don't say that. Or that, or lest the soul shall say, don't say, when you come and you see the hellfire, if only I had a chance to go back, that I would be amongst the believers. Because it will avail you nothing. There is no second chance, once in the hereafter. And, and then the verses uh, continue, that indeed my verses did come to you. And you disbelieved it. You said that it was a lie. وَاسْتَكْبَرْتَ And you were arrogant. وَكُنْتَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ And you were one of the disbelievers. So here's a really interesting one that you may not have thought about it, but it actually comes up in this, in this category. And that is conversations with the people of hellfire with their body parts. In these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually teaching us when a person commits a sin, their own body parts are going to testify against them. Whatever body part that the person is disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let's suppose that a person seeing something haram, the eyes are going to speak on the day of judgment, saying that, Oh Allah, with me, he saw such and such. So the person, they won't be able to stop the body parts until the body parts start testifying. And so the person, after the testification happens, because now if you're in a... In a uh, a court case and someone's testifying against you you'd say ya rabbi oh they're not telling the truth oh there's another opinion there's another side to it it's actually said to the person that you yourself suffice as a witness against yourself not the other witnesses the other witnesses are there too but even the person themselves their body parts will testify against them may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
protect us. So actually, when you're, when you're disobeying, it's interesting, your body parts aren't on your side. It's either, you know, so you're like, you know, you're doing haram with your hands, or your face, your eyes, and so on and so forth. Your whole body part's like, okay, it's being recorded, and they will testify against you and against I. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about when the people of hellfire, and they see hellfire, Allah Azza just says in Surah Al-Fajr, so hellfire is brought, right? It's dragged with 70,000 like um, chains, with, with each of those chains being dragged by 70,000 angels, gatekeepers of hellfire. On that day, the human being will remember. What's the remembrance going to benefit him now? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they say at that point, when they see hellfire, I wish I had prepared for my life. Prepared for my life that this is where the real life is. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it becomes a necessity for them to go to hellfire. Meaning that there's no other way, there's no other direction. It's almost like you're on a ledge and something's pushing you. There's no direction that you can go except into hellfire. We'll speak about some conversations in Jannah, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, give glad tidings, give good news to those who believe. So I give you glad tidings. I give you good news that you will have Jannat in Tajreem in Tahtiha Al-Anhar. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved for people who do what you're doing. And inshallah ta'ala you're seeing like from these verses, all these conversations, you're hoping to be amongst the people of Jannah. Every time you see those verses of hellfire, you're like, I don't want to ever say that. I'm learning it now so that I'll never say it in reality. And that is in, the, in Jannah. So I'm giving you the glad tidings, giving you the good news. Now speaking about Jannah, this is Surah Al-Baqarah. Every time the thamarat, these fruits and you know the, the food of Jannah is brought to them, they say that this is um, similar to the food that was given to us aforetime. Meaning they recognize the food in Jannah. It looks similar. And then in Jannah when they eat it, but the taste is different. And then the same food that you eat, sometimes you eat something and you've eaten it and now the, the flavor of it, it becomes familiar to you. So if you eat the same food every single day, you're like, okay, another steak, okay, another this. It's the same food, a biryani again. In Jannah, it might look the same, but every time you eat it, it has a new flavor to it. And so each time you're eating the food, you're, you know, you're looking forward to the new flavors that are going to be coming from the food. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people of Jannah. Amen.